Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day, mates. It's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. I'm a Chinese woman, but I grew up in Sydney, Australia. However, I was born in Beijing, but on the outskirts of it in a large town called Yungang Residential District, where my mum's family is from. When I was five, I immigrated to Australia, but my family would still travel back to China every few years. But this incident happened in the snowy winter of 1997, when I was about 11 years old. So my parents still lived in Yungang and introduced me to a brother and sister who lived in the same building as them. I can't remember their exact ages, but I think the older girl was around 14 and the younger boy was around 6. I still remember the exact outfit I was wearing as I'd been wearing the same outfit all trip. At that time, flared jeans were in and coming from Australia, I wasn't prepared for the snow and coldness of the Chinese winter. And so on my first or second day there, my Chinese cousin had taken me to a shopping mall where she'd helped me haggle down the price of a bright pink duffel coat with fluffy white trimming. I thought that it was the most fashionable thing ever and I wore it pretty much every day. I have photos of me from that trip wearing that exact outfit in fact. Anyway, we walked around town and ended up going to this very large park with a lake inside it. It was a little bit of a distance from the center of town but we were playing by the shore throwing rocks, joking around and just having a good time. At some point I looked up and realized that it was getting close to dusk. Although it probably wasn't very late, but considering that it was winter and the sunset early, that might explain it. The park, which had been very busy to start with, was nearly deserted at this point. There were still some other people, but they were a fair distance away from us at this point. All except for two men who suddenly approached us. They were middle to late middle-aged, the uncle type, I guess. One of them approached me and said that he was a friend of my father's, and that he'd been asked to pick us up. I remember being confused because my dad didn't live in this town and was in another district, about two hours away in Beijing where his family were from. 
Pretty quickly I realized that something was off and so did the brother and sister that I was with. We all started making excuses and sort of backing off. I still remember very clearly that as we started backing away, the man who approached us looked back over his shoulder at his companion as if asking him what should we do. And it was then that I noticed that his companion was standing a little distance away beside a white van with the door already slid open. To this day, I believe too that he was considering snatching one of us and making a run for it. However, perhaps because there were three of us and also perhaps because there were still people around in the peripheries, they didn't do anything. As I walked away rapidly, I looked back over my shoulder and remember seeing the two men just sort of standing there watching us go. That 15 to 20 minute walk back was one of the scariest walks in my life as I imagined someone grabbing me from behind every second. The sun had just set as we got into my building and burst in through the door, so happy to be home and safe. I did tell my mom and grandmother about it, but at the time, child kidnappings in China, while already definitely happening, were much less of a massive and widespread news story as it is now. I think my mum especially felt that my being almost kidnapped was somehow a commentary on her parenting skills or whatever, and was very dismissive and even now dislikes it when I bring it up. Now that organized child and or bride kidnappings are such a huge story in China, it often makes me shiver at night to think just how different my fate could have been. There have been so many stories about young women or girls kidnapped and forced into becoming brides of villages and remote countrysides, sometimes tied to beds and having their legs broken to prevent them from running away. No one in the village will help them because almost all the men in the village have purchased brides from traffickers in this way. There's also children, usually boys, kidnapped into families who have been unable to have kids or adopt legally. They fare a bit better but can also be abused and neglected. Now that I have my own kids and I'm safe and warm in my bed in Sydney, I sometimes think about how wildly and irrevocably my life might have derailed that snowy evening in Yungang and honestly, I shiver. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So I'm a 22-year-old female and for some context, I live in the countryside of France. My village is settled at the top of a hill and surrounded by forests and crops with no stores or bakery or anything. My parents' house is near two farms and behind the garden there are large crops there. So, the bathroom's windows overlook the garden and before my parents built a veranda, there were curtains so every time that I closed it, it was when I was going to the bathroom which made my family laugh. Why are you closing it? No one is watching you. I was like, we don't know that, it's just in case. Then the veranda was built and my dad got rid of the curtains and he put strips on the window. I got worried because I love to know that I have my own privacy when going to the bathroom like anyone, right? And I even showed my parents that when we are standing at the end of the garden that you can see other people in the bathroom. Of course they laughed and said you're just being paranoid but weeks passed and then I noticed a tractor that was parked just at the end of the garden. Every night the tractor was here, my parents also noticed it and thought that it was a bit weird. We've lived there for like 20 years and it's never really happened before. Sometimes we felt like we were being watched but we shrugged it off thinking that we were just being paranoid. My dad came to talk to the farmer to get rid of the tractor and then it disappeared for a while. Today though I was smoking outside and My mum came to me and told me, I think you're right, we are being watched. Yesterday night I was going to the bathroom and the tractor was parked in front of the garden with its headlights illuminating the bathroom's window. I turned the light off and went to the veranda and took a picture and then he left. I am glad that I was right but I'm also worried because I don't know how long he or she has been stalking us in the bathroom like that. What are their intentions with just sitting there? Why do they come there like every single night? What are your thoughts about it and what do you think we should do? I've been living in my house now for a little over three months. From the day that me and my husband moved in, I would always see a black shadow out of the corner of my eye. I was seven months pregnant when we moved in and I was super eager to set up the nursery. Well, as soon as the crib and everything was in the nursery, I would always see the black figure entering the nursery. I always thought to myself that black shadows are mostly never a good entity, right? So I just tried to ignore it and always acted like I didn't see anything. My husband is also not the type of person who believes in the paranormal, so I just always kept things to myself. And things didn't get bad until I gave birth to my son. Now, whatever it is, it mimics his cries and my husband, who never believed in the first place, is also starting to hear it too. We both just ignore it, but we always share a bit of a look, I guess. 
But tonight was the first time where I just couldn't ignore it. I've been struggling with postpartum depression and I decided to just take a bit of a nice relaxing shower while my husband and son were both asleep. However, the whole time that I was in the shower I felt like eyes were on me. When I got out I felt better and decided to wash some bottles and as I'm washing some bottles I felt something behind me touch my back. I just assumed it was my husband but then I saw something black on the ground crawling towards me. I immediately jumped back and when I did, I blinked and it was gone. I ran into our bedroom and woke my husband up freaking out. He told me that it was probably just from my lack of sleep and to go to bed. But I know what I saw and now I'm definitely not sleeping tonight. I've always been super creeped out by this experience and I've thought a long time about sharing it but it really wasn't until I told one of my friends this story that they pointed out that this might be a men in black type of story. Anyways, here it goes. So, it was my middle brother's 10th birthday party so this was 2006 and I pretty much grew up in the woods as my backyard was a creek park which is also where Blair Witch supposedly took place, but I digress. My brother's birthday party was a pirate-themed one, and I guess my mum had given us chocolate coins for treasure, I think. I don't really remember why, but all the boys at the party, myself and my mum, walked through the woods before having cake. My youngest brother, Jesse, six at the time, told me when we got back to the house that he left his coins by the bridge in the woods. At that part of the woods, there was a fork that was in the path. Left was the bridge leading to a walking trail and right was deeper on the path ahead, near the creek. So I decided that I would go and find his coins and told him to come with me. Oddly enough, my mum warned us not to go, but we still did and she let us for whatever reason. Again, this was a long time ago, so I don't remember all of the details. The bridge was about a five minute walk from the bottom of our hill that was our backyard. We walked into the woods and everything was normal, just like it was moments ago when we were there with the group. We finally made it to the bridge and I found Jesse's coins right away. I was bent down and Jesse was behind me and I look up while grabbing the coin and all of a sudden there's a man in all white with a white brim hat just standing there. At first I thought it was a cowboy hat and then a man behind him wearing all white too but had no hat was standing there as well. They seemed to appear out of nowhere and I started backing up right away when I saw the first man because for whatever reason I just felt pure fear. He saw me scared and backing off and he said, I don't bite. That's when I told Jesse to run and I was screaming run and we just ran home. I didn't even check to see if they were following us but we ran all the way out of the woods and up the hill screaming because the group plus my mum were on the back deck and I knew if the men knew people were listening for us maybe they wouldn't chase us. But we told the boys and my mum what happened and my mum said see I told you so and that was it. It was absolutely terrifying though and they truly just came out of nowhere, like they just materialized in front of us. 
My brother remembers this as vividly as I do, and we just remember both of them looked really strange. Like, they were completely white. Like, paper white. I'm wondering, too, if anyone has encountered men in all white in the woods like this. I never really knew what this all meant, but it was just so creepy and weird, and this is probably the best place to share something like this, so I thought that I would tell my story here. If you have any idea as to what any of this means, then please do let me know, as all these years later, and I still can't stop thinking about it. Two days ago, I was with my friends, their names are Callie and Xander, and we were at my grandparents' house while they were out of town because I'm the caretaker for the house when they're gone, and my friend wanted to hang out for a little bit, so after I finished all my chores, I decided that I wanted to take them out to my old hideout in the woods. I do remember telling them that the woods were actually off limits and that if my uncle caught us that I'd be in big trouble. Xander was a little bit more hesitant, but ended up going with me and Callie. I just want to clarify too that they both agreed to go and I didn't force them. Anyway, like a group of stupid teens in a horror movie, we all walk to the woods looking to just have some fun and mess around a bit. I get to the opening in the woods and I tell them that it's going to be a very big climb. Callie pulls out her phone and starts recording. Xander sounds a little scared and says that he's not good with climbing, but Kelly ends up convincing him to go anyway. After Xander agrees, Kelly screams, bring it on in a sort of joking way, before entering the woods with Xander and I. Now, we get about halfway to the hideout when Xander stops and says that he has a bad feeling. I tell him that it's probably nothing and that we should just continue walking. A few minutes later and we're at my old hideout and Callie started being all loud and obnoxious. I reminded her to be quiet because of my uncle. At some point though, Xander asks if we can leave now because his back was starting to hurt so we got up and started walking back. We got out of the woods and started walking back to the house when Xander and Callie started freaking out, saying that they really didn't have a good feeling. I told them that I didn't feel anything but... Right as I did, I got a very scary image in my head. It was this thing and it was about 6'5", black muscular figure with horns crawling on all fours. I told them this and Callie ends up saying that she needs to sit down because it felt like someone had punched her in the stomach. And then all of a sudden she just collapsed onto the ground. I look at Xander and I ask him to help me help her up. She was still awake, but sort of really out of it. We start walking with her, and we only get a few steps when she regains complete consciousness, I guess you could say. She looks at us and says, I'm scared. Right after she says that, we all hear a, a little kid screaming bloody murder, and without thinking, we all just sprint straight back to the house. We get back to the house, and Xander and I are freaking out, but Callie is oddly calm. We ask her what's wrong and she won't answer. Five minutes into trying to see if she's okay, she starts mumbling in what seems like a language that isn't English. And for as long as I've known Callie, I know that the only language that she knows is English. 
She keeps mumbling though and then starts laughing too. I tell Xander to get Callie to the car while I run inside to the house to lock all the doors. I get the house all locked down and then I run back to my car. Xander is holding Callie at this point and I'm trying to find my key. I find it in my pocket eventually and I unlock the car for Xander to get Callie into it. I hop in as well and crank it while Xander is getting her buckled in and everything. Xander gets in the car and I rush out of there heading to my dad's house to get my sage and stuff because at this point, Xander and I have a feeling that she's not Callie anymore if you know what I mean. I'm speeding through some back roads to get to my dad's house because I realize the longer that we're in the car, the worse Callie was getting. She was now unresponsive and not reacting to anything that we said to her. We get her to my dad's though and I run inside and get the sage. I told Xander to take her outside though to the backyard so my neighbors wouldn't see us. Xander sits her down and I light the sage and I'm smudging the sage and saying something along the lines of, this is her body, not yours, you need to leave. I don't welcome you here anymore. You're not allowed to haunt her, my friends, the house, or me. And about 20 minutes later, Callie seems to come back to us. We asked her what happened and she said that she didn't remember anything and that she just felt trapped and then she just blacked out. Six or seven minutes later, my dad called me and told me that he had just left for work and that he was going to pick up some food. I told him that I had friends over and he offered to get them some food too. At this point, we'd all calmed down, but we tell him what we want, we eat and laugh like nothing happened. But unfortunately, it didn't end here. The next day, my friend Xander didn't come to school. I texted him asking if he was okay and this is what he said to me. Yeah, I'm fine. Something happened last night and it made me stay up until 3am so my mum let me stay home. And then hours later, he followed up with, I think a spirit attached to me, like an evil one. And Callie texted me saying something felt very wrong at her house too. She sent me a video as well and it was her walking into her room and the blinds were moving. Stuff was knocked off the shelves and she was just freaking out because none of her family were home. She was alone hours after we got out of school that day too. And to be honest, I don't like the feeling that I get sleeping at my dad's place anymore. Not to mention that I also have guinea pigs and they've been acting really weird since this happened. Like they're more aggressive towards me and each other as well. I really don't know what to make of any of this and... I need some help understanding it. Before I met my now boyfriend, it was just my daughter and I. At that time, we lived on our own in an apartment complex. She wasn't even two years old yet. I have plenty of stories about this complex, but there's one that I'd like to focus on right now. So my daughter came into the imaginary friend stage. At first it was cute, I thought. I would walk into her bedroom and she would be playing with her dolls, talking to herself, her friend, and keeping herself busy while I just did my best to keep the apartment clean and make some food. Slowly over time though, my daughter got freaked out by her bedroom. So much so that she would not step foot into her room, even for her toys. There was a week period that we didn't enter her room, in fact. 
She still had toys in the living room to play with, slept in my room, and I had done laundry previously and she wore those clothes instead. In the end, we had to call her father over to ease her fears. My own dad even came over a handful of times too to help out, but this started the check under the bed for monsters and in the closet too theme. After a while, she started to sleep in her room again. She could no longer sleep with her door closed though, light off or without noise. I put a small TV in her room for her to watch her Barbie movies at night to help her sleep. Still though, she would end up in my room in the middle of the night. She had nightmares often too when she didn't like to sleep. One day I'm sitting and writing out a grocery list to go shopping and I could hear a little girl giggling but our window was open so I dismissed it. My daughter then came up to me asking if I wanted her purple hugs barrel, juice. I said no thank you sweetie. She asked why not and I said that purple just isn't the color that I like, it's all yours. She asked what color I did like and I said that I liked the blue one. She went over to the pantry to get a juice and she started talking. I was sort of half listening when she loudly said, my mum likes blue, not bleach, and came out shaking her head looking really angry. I asked her what she said and her face sort of fell. She shrugged her shoulders and said, I don't know, and then just ran off to play. I went into my pantry, half knowing what I would see, but on the top shelf in the back where my daughter couldn't see was a gallon of bleach that I was going to use to make a tie-dye shirt. I bought it over a month ago and I have no idea how she knew that it was up there. For some context, when the house was sold to my boyfriend, they couldn't technically label this room as a bedroom. It has to have a closet and some other qualifications apparently, but the elderly woman who lived there made it her bedroom. This room was a sort of dirty beige tan color and concrete flooring. Her clothes and knickknacks sat on what looked like built-in wooden shelves. There were three perfectly usable rooms upstairs that she could have used, not to mention the laundry is also upstairs, so why she put her bedroom in the basement in a room I would consider a storage room? I have no idea. There's no ceiling in this room too, and the only window is this tiny little rectangle window, maybe two and a half to three feet wide and a foot tall. But in any case, the woman passed, I believe, inside this house. Right before my boyfriend bought it, the son of the lady who passed suddenly died too. I don't know how, but it was just eerie at the time, I think. Anyway, as we were moving my stuff in, we needed a large tote kept in that room downstairs, so I ran down to get it. My son wasn't born yet at this stage, and my daughter was at school, so it was only my boyfriend and myself. He's upstairs organizing something. I enter the room, and it's pitch black. We had changed the light bulb before and no light bulbs lasted long in this room. I left my phone upstairs and needed light, so I crossed the room knowing the window was at the very back. It was a creepy pitch black room and I went straight into the back. The dark has always creeped me out, so I opened the curtain and there was a sort of foam board covering this window. And as soon as I noticed this, 
The door slammed shut. I was startled and I let out a scream. There were random items in the room that we stuck in there to get them out of the way, like the old front door welcome mat, a workout machine I think, and totes and random odds and ends. So I made my way to the door around these objects as quickly as I could, because the dark freaked me out, and that room gave me the jeebies anyways. I found the doorknob and the door felt like it was being held shut. I couldn't open it no matter how hard I tried, and I kept trying over and over again. Panic was setting in and I started screaming to let me out. I thought my boyfriend was playing a, a mean prank on me, which wasn't like him, and I believed that until I heard his footsteps frantically storming down the stairs. He was telling me to let go of the doorknob, which I did. He told me to stand back, so I stood in the middle of the room as he kicked and kicked at the door, but it just wasn't budging. I was crying now, and he could hear that it was not a normal quiet sob. I mean, I was in full panic mode at this point. He got the door broken down eventually because the frame to the door broke. I ran out and he caught me, asking what the heck just happened. I explained everything to him. We went upstairs immediately and I told him that I never wanted to step foot in that room ever again. We believe that the lady may have passed down there. I didn't get many details of her passing myself, so what I know is what I've just been told from others. This same room has also given others the creeps with no context given beforehand. I brought both of my older sisters down to see the basement. We had redone the floors and painted the walls at this point, and they both gravitated towards the room, and they even witnessed the door closing on its own too. Both have different levels of beliefs in the paranormal. My oldest sister is a hopeful skeptic. I believe she thinks it's super interesting, but actually believing is another thing in and of itself. And my other sister is more of a believer. We play a game called Murder in the Dark. Imagine Among Us without lights. We had about six friends over, so eight of us all together to play, and three of us happened to end up in the bedroom downstairs. After a few games, we discussed where we hid, why, and who we thought that we ran into, just sort of post-game talk and all of my friends mentioned that they honestly believed that somebody else was in the room with them when they entered that bedroom. Another thought that they felt a cat rub up against their ankles, but we had our cat upstairs at this point. My cat is actually very vocal, and for the first game, he actually found me and gave up my hiding spot as well. But that room has the center of a lot of bizarre things. And I mean, sure, the house could be settling weird and explain the door, I guess. The electrical could be bad in that room and explain the light, but I haven't ever seen the door close on its own before or after that event ever again. And ever since my boyfriend started to renovate that room for an office, the light bulbs have lasted months now instead of a couple of days. But if you stay in that basement for long enough, trust me, you begin feeling stared at from one of the corners inevitably. I really cannot explain that, and I don't know what to think of it. I would like to begin by saying that I do believe in spirits or something beyond our comprehension exists, but 
My knowledge about them and our present situation is extremely poor. For possible interpretations, our home is an ancestral colonial estate within South Africa, dating back to the 19th century. There is a family mausoleum on the outskirts of the property and a somewhat large burial site for the household's workers, roughly 100 meters away from the house, and family members, friends, and some visitors have all had strange experiences in the grounds. Throughout the majority of my life, I have experienced strange things in the house, scratching from within the walls, doors slamming at night, the dogs barking at random and at nothing seemingly, footsteps, just general stuff that is scary but is also easily discarded with reason. I've always soothed myself back into calm by attributing it to be the house being old. However, the past two months have been nothing short of a nightmare. I feel like I'm living in a, a real horror movie. So, what leads me to sharing this is what was set in motion by an eerie anomaly followed by an extremely unnerving discovery. Last night, in the early hours of this morning, around 1am, I was kept awake by very loud scratching, footsteps and thumping outside of my bedroom door. Initially, I had thought that this was the dog and just let it be. A few minutes later though, I heard my door handle being turned. It was being turned repeatedly though, like over and over again. But the door wasn't being pushed open, nor was there any movement from the door itself. Thinking that we were being home invaded, I got my handgun and started screaming, but the door handle was still being turned. My brother and parents ran to my room, no one was outside of my door, nor was anyone found inside of the house. Neither was there any breach into the home or anything, and after searching, my parents told me that it was just a nightmare, and so in the end, I just equated it to that. I cut forward to this morning, and my brother got up to go to work, so I went back to my room. Before opening the door, I had this indescribable feeling in my gut, though, and my body just felt suddenly cold. I went in to find my sheets sprawled out on the sofa and floor, far on the other side of the bedroom. My crucifix, which is mounted on my side of the bedroom door, was crooked with one of the nails popped out of the door and the other slightly pushed out of the wood. It was nailed in though and I mean, it cannot physically be turned like that and the nails just would have needed tools to be pulled out so I have no idea how that happened. A portrait of my opera next to my bed was very unnaturally crooked too, which was odd. But I immediately felt, and I know this sounds strange and crazy, but that something very sinister is going on and that something malevolent, no idea what, was suddenly watching me. I got my brother and he was equally distressed about it, so we got our parents... My dad thought that someone was still in the house, but my brother and dad searched the house to no avail. And again, nothing was amiss with security systems, the doors, the windows, or anything. I went back into my room and saw what we all think is blood above one of the mirrors. The mirrors are those sort of sliding mirrors with closets built into the home, and the height of the blood is very high on it. It was like three streaks of blood going down as if... It was sort of wiped there or something. 
I stupidly touched it and smeared it so the lines aren't as concise anymore, but that is proof that whatever this was, it is still wet, which means that it occurred very recently. You can sort of see too that it hasn't dripped down from anything and it looks like it had just been placed there by fingers maybe. It's extremely difficult to reach without a chair though, so I don't know why an intruder would leave that there or willingly do that. This was not here prior as well, and the blood is in a sort of strange position that has been smeared weirdly. When my dad went to take a look, I could see that he was visibly frightened, which I'd never really seen before, and he's a pretty stoic guy. He's a strong man as well, which has furthered my belief that this is something evil. My parents called the police and they're on the drive up here at this point. They're still discussing it and being very secretive about it. However, they just cannot comprehend or figure out what happened and who or what did this. They don't believe in ghosts, entities or anything spiritual, but I'll definitely be pushing them into getting the house blessed by our priest immediately. Since we were little, my brother and I have always felt like someone was in our rooms when we slept. We both feel like something is there and there's a very sort of thick, weird feeling or energy which I find hard to describe or attribute to anything, but it is somewhat similar to, I guess, dread or maybe angst is the better word. It has intensified greatly in the last few months with both of us experiencing more physical anomalies. We've both experienced being touched, scratched, usually on my back, but I had one which drew blood across my breast as well, and I've had my hair pulled a few times. Some family members have experienced it when visiting, and my aunt especially doesn't like staying with us, because she had similar experiences in her youth as well. My dad doesn't elaborate on it and discards it as nonsense, as she is more of the spiritual type, unlike my dad. I thought a lot of the physicality felt down to scratching itches in my sleep or getting my hair caught on things, but the more my brother and I discussed it, we believe that something is amiss and is just very, very wrong. Just to note as well, no one has broken in, nor are there any ways to access the house besides four very thick wooden doors, which are always deadbolted at night time. I don't have any mental health issues either and this is not dreamt or some product of a hallucination as we have both experienced things that we've never really discussed with each other before and suddenly we were just like, hey, that's happened to me as well. But we are desperately looking for help or advice and an explanation as to my family's current predicament so if you've got anything to add, any advice or really any comment, Please, do share it because I'm pretty frightened. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs 
or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.